Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? You are not my father. I am not a disgrace. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. All right, that's how we're starting off the show. Little clip of uh, Kevin Conroy's most famous Batman line. Oh, I am darkness. I am <laughs> vengeance. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. I am the knight. You're something. I am. I am indeed. Well, I didn't hear. I can't hear it because it's, it's in pre-production. That's a post-production piece. Oh, I've already prepped all that. Oh, okay. Good for you. Because I had all the time in the world. Why are we a day late, kids? Basketball season started. No, you didn't read the email. Uh, that's also true. That's also very true. <laughs> Not the first time that's happened. But in my defense, I did reread the email. I didn't come over here unprepared. <laughs> uh, but here we are. So this week, uh, we're mostly talking Kevin Conroy. Uh, there's a bit of news stuff that happened this week, so I figured, you know, tackle some of the just quick biggies before just diving into Kevin Conroy stuff. All right, let's hit it. So let's dive into the news. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. This isn't news, but Andor's over. Really, season one. Watch that shit. Some of the best Star Wars ever. All right, I will. Eh, I don't believe you. I don't believe me either. I don't know why you wouldn't. I, I I will. I just I had a lot going on for a window of time with football and balancing everything, and now I can balance things better to watch Andor. It's really good. That's what I'm. That's what I'm told. And for the whole like Andy Circus being like my character is not created or not connected with Snoke, the fact that he's the only person left at that facility, I I don't believe him. I never believed him in the first place, but still. No, yeah, you you can't believe him. Thanks. Totally. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Indiana Jones had its first images released. They're de-aging him. Yes, they are. But we already knew that because oh. for a few things. One, there was a set photos re- uh, leaked of him with a bunch of motion capture dots on his face. And two, there was that stuntman who was wearing a weird Harrison Ford mask of a young Indiana Jones. So th- that's not a shocker. All but, right. I don't know. The Empire photos, like the, like the cover, it's like, look at Indiana Jones. Like he's in the ex- he's just picked something in the 30s and he's been wearing it. For all this time. It's 1969 and he's still wearing the same clothes. That leather jacket's taken a beating. He just looks asleep on the cover. Like, it's like, oh, the brim is down. I think he's just leaning against a wall asleep. That's my theory. I mean, why not? It's Indiana Jones taking a nap. He's a globetrotter and working hard. We've got a couple of details. Uh, this might surprise you. Mads Mikkelsen is playing a villain. Shocking. Yeah. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, we already kind of knew that he was going to be um, his goddaughter. But we did find out it's going to be set in 1969, at least partially in New York, involving space race with the Russians. But maybe there's some Nazi stuff, too. All right. Maybe uh, Indiana Jones will uh, go to the moon. I hope not. <laughs> find a moon rock. He doesn't need to go to space. Indiana Jones in space. Sign me up. Well, I mean, well, look, I'm excited about the movie. I hope it's good. But God, he's old. <laughs> he's so old. Oh, yes. This is... He's in his 80s. Yeah, but he can still uh, give me any uh, Jones. Put it in my veins. Speaking of old people, I started watching Tulsa King. That's two episodes in. Oh, with uh, with uh, Sliced Alone. Yeah. How is that? I fucking love it. Okay, there we go. <laughs> it's so good. That good, huh? That is filling the Better Call Saul hole in my heart that was there. It's so good. That's a big hole. I'm really enjoying it. Is it filling it effectively or is it? Oh, yeah. It's, it's oh. 
two episodes in it's great i'm loving it so much it's like oh I, yeah that's right I like just like good gangster drama all right you still never watched um sons of anarchy i think you would enjoy it no i saw some of it yeah i saw enough of it to know that i don't care okay I, that's fair my roommate had it on sometimes and i'd walk through is this the roommate that just had, like only played call of duty and had a revolving door of women no different roommate okay you had some interesting roommates uh, what else happened this week that was big? Oh, Spider-Man. Uh, there's a bunch of live action shows coming to Amazon Prime. Oh, excellent. Like, like we have 900 characters in our Spider-Man deal. We can't quite use all 900, but hey, we're going to develop a bunch of shows. We're going to try real hard. So the ones that were announced, there was um, Spider Society and Silk. Silk is Cindy Moon. She was bitten by the same spider as Peter was, but she was kind of locked up. Oh, is she also, is she the one that kind of like does bad things? No. Okay. Something came across my Facebook today where it was like an image of Spider-Man talking to somebody else who had spider-like powers and they're like, eh, I don't really, I just rob from the rich and don't do anything with it, but keep it myself. Are you just talking about Black Cat? That might be her. Was she also bit by a spider? No. Does she have spider-like powers? She has cat-like powers. Uh, I think it was like a Spider-Man type. I don't know. But yeah, they're just developing a bunch of live action shows now because why not, I guess? That Amazon money. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's like Sony doesn't have their own streaming service, so they're going through Amazon. So it's kind of like when Marvel did that Netflix deal. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it could be good. I mean, some of the people involved with it I like, like Phil Lord and Chris Miller are going to be executive producing like all this stuff. I like their stuff. I So sure, why not? Yeah. I'll watch it when it comes out. And if it's bad, then I won't. It's pretty straightforward. Cut and dry. Um, and then sad news, if you're of our age, certainly not something I've kept up with in, oh, I don't know, nearly 30 years. But, oh, the um, Green Ranger? Yeah, Jason David Frank um, died by suicide. Yeah, very, very sad. Yeah, I've seen him. Like it's a, I watched Power Rangers for like the first season as a kid because I was like basically like the target age demo. Mm-hmm. Didn't continue with it really beyond that, but I never got into Power Rangers. That wasn't my thing. You were like probably slightly outside, like this, and I I aged out of it pretty quick. Yeah, no, so you were probably right outside like the demo they were shooting for. And I didn't have Fox growing up, like in my early years or cable, so like those shows were not accessible to me anyway. That wasn't so. like cable. Fox wasn't cable. I, I we didn't get Fox on the antenna either. <laughs> Fox is absolutely an antenna. One. Yeah. Well, guess what? We didn't get it. <laughs> Maybe that's why you didn't watch it. Uh, among other reasons, probably a myriad of reasons. Well, I think accessibility is probably the first one. Accessibility, and I, I remember, I think I, I felt like I felt like I made fun of it. So I think I was just too old, like a little bit on the other edge of old enough for it. That's when I discovered sports. And you still haven't discovered girls. I mean, I've discovered them. Unlocking the secret is a totally <laughs> different. They haven't discovered me. <laughs> they see. There we go. That's I like that. That's a better revisionist history. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, super young, like forty nine, I think. Yeah. So I like I know a bunch of people like our age were like really devastated by that. I saw the guy at cons and like he commanded like huge crowds. Like people loved that dude. Yeah, the Green Ranger was a popular ranger. Yeah, just sad news. Uh, continuing on uh, week three of um the Death March we're doing. It seems like I don't like that. It's Thanksgiving week. It's supposed to be like we're supposed to be hitting the holidays and feel good about things, and clearly not. Yeah. So I mean, so very sad news. But I don't know. I, I don't really have any. I don't have anything to add th- to. Nothing great to add to this, but just, no. you know, it's always sad when those things happen. Yes. So, like, going from that, we will now go into the Kevin Conroy retrospective. I guess, I guess tribute, history, I don't know. Dive into the man's life, career, and kind of look back on everything. Um, he passed away on November 10th uh, with a battle with cancer that was not public knowledge by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I saw him. Uh, at a con in july i've i've um 
I've had him sign one thing before. I'm like, one thing is enough. Because also, you know, I mean, more power to anyone that can like pull big numbers. But signatures aren't always cheap. So no. I'm like, so I'm like, one is enough. No, yeah. <laughs> but I got to see him at a panel. Uh, it was it was a really cool panel. It was um the first time the guy who played uh, Superman, uh, Tim Daly, had ever done a, like a con panel. So it was so I got to see like Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Green Lantern. And I guess that's the only time that's ever going to happen. Um, There's no guessing that is. Yeah. But I mean, you never would have known. Like he was super lively and like engaged with everything. Mm. And his passing was a complete shock. Uh, if we go back though, born in 1955, had uh, kind of a rough upbringing that we'll dive into a little bit more later with the autobiographical story that he wrote uh, that came out just a couple months ago. Mm. So, uh, tough upbringing, alcoholic father, um, mother also uh, was an alcoholic. They got divorced, had a schizophrenic brother. So challenges growing up, got into Juilliard very young, like at the age of 18 which is kind of unheard of then and unheard of now, but uh, they did were able to give him a full ride to go there. Yeah. He was also part of a class that had like, Robin Williams was his roommate. Kelsey Grammer was there. It's a power class of Juilliard. Weirdly enough, uh, Christopher Reeves was there at the same time, like not in his class, but a few years above him. So Batman and Superman were there at the same time. Interesting. Unaware of that. So, I mean, that's just kind of a little bit of background stuff. Enough. He did uh, film and TV stuff before getting Batman. When going into Batman, he originally uh, wasn't that interested in the character. He was, he was seeing like, oh, this Harvey Bullock character. That seems like he'd be an interesting guy to play. They're like, no, you're, you're, you're here for Batman. You're going to be Batman. <laughs> Read Batman. You're not reading the random de- cop, Detective Bullock. That's not happening. No, no. We, we want you to be the headliner. Yeah. Uh, but he got that role off, played it from 1992 to literally just like a couple of years ago and i wouldn't it's not like he retired from the role it's just you know he'd come back every couple of years do an animated movie do a video game do whatever because i mean he did uh batman batman beyond justice league justice league unlimited all the arkham games video games early though there was a couple like there was one on like the sega genesis that people kind of consider a lost episode because they had like um animated scenes in between that would have him acting in it Hmm. and then just a bunch of other tv series appearances and a bunch of animated movies so i mean he's been playing the role for 30 years yeah like the longest contiguous version of batman yeah voice wise no just in general Hmm. i mean i i did see some argument on like people were like adam west played him longer because he came back for like two animated movies like a couple years ago it's like no but he also had oh i don't know 50 years off in between so it's it's kevin conroy yeah he's definitely the one who uh, played the character for the longest stretch of time uh so throughout the show we're gonna be playing a number of clips and this is going to be one when 9-11 happened kevin conroy was living in new york and following that uh he started volunteering as a cook for uh, the firefighters and policemen that were working kind of around the clock and so this is a clip of him kind of explaining him getting found out as batman and what he did when that happened so check this out i live in new york and um i uh, after the uh the attacks on uh, 9-11 we'd be getting all these you know hundreds of meals ready and this one guy in the middle of the night like three nights into this he goes so my day job is I'm an architect. He says, what's your day job? I said, well, I do voices mostly. When I knew it. He said, you're the guy who does Batman. You're that Kevin Conroy. So he goes into this dining hall. And this is, you know, the first week after the attack. And there had been like just this somber sadness. And you hear him go, guys, guys, you're not going to believe who's been cooking your dinners. It's Batman. There's this long silence in your hear bullshit from the back of the place and he, and he said then someone else says make him prove it so I thought, oh this is good 
So I'm in the back kitchen, and I do from the back kitchen, I am vengeance, I am the knight, I am Batman! It's this long pause, and then you hear from the back of the place, holy f that is Batman! And suddenly people were laughing, and the architect who had recognized me said, uh, what's it feel like to be Santa Claus? Because that's what just happened here. One, I mean, that's just a fun story, but also the fact that he like went down after 9-11 and spent just weeks in a kitchen working to help. Yeah. Like that's heroic shit right there. Oh, it's 100% true heroism. I don't really, I was trying to like, how can I work this in organically? I can't. So I'm just going to say it. it's just a thing I like and I'm going to play it. So uh, I don't know. Let's say about 10 years ago, as I mentioned, Kevin Conroy did a lot of animated movies and stuff outside of the series oh he also played uh i forgot to write this down he played batman once in live action a couple of years ago when they did uh, crisis on infinite earth earths 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 yeah a few years ago um where he got to play an evil version of batman that was kind of based on the kingdom come character uh to be fair i don't really remember liking the crossover all that much but i really like oh there's kevin connery's batman there's there were elements of it that i really liked it was like in a mechanized suit yeah he was one of them and i really it was cool to see him get to do it in live action at least for one time and i mean he also gets to do that iconic line that we've already heard like i am vengeance i am the knight i am batman ah. if i had a dollar for every time he said that tonight i have like five dollars already yeah he, to be fair if he got a dollar every time he said it and he probably did Probably oh, more. He got several dollars every time he said it. Yeah. That was his go-to. I mean, there's what's funny is, so we're going to talk about three episodes tonight, and I told my wife, I'm like, we're going to do three episodes. She's like, oh, you're going to do the one where he says that line? I'm like, it's not really a great episode, so that's why we opened the episode with that clip, because yeah. <laughs> the episode, like, iconic moment, not the best episode. Okay, so, good to know. Um, But so ten about ten years ago, uh, The Dark Knight Returns got adapted, and bizarrely, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill didn't come back for that. They got uh, Peter Weller, Robocop, and can't remember the guy's name. The guy who played Ben Linus on Lost to, uh -oh. to play the Joker. And they're fine. They're, I mean, they're better than fine. They're, they're really good in the roles. But it, it was always kind of baffling. Like, why not? Like, this is like the Batman story. Why not get like the actors to do it? So I have, I have no idea. And then they brought them back for the killing joke. Like, oh, this will be the like the big yeah. one. And that movie kind of sucked. <laughs> killing joke was good, though. I thought it was good. The movie's... Oh, oh it's awful. All right, well, fine. Except for the musical number. I didn't like the musical number. Ugh, whole thing's awful. Okay. I don't, I don't like the way it was animated. <laughs> I don't like the weird, like, extra 20 minutes they had to add to, like, make it technically a movie because you need to hit a certain time. Like, what, 88 minutes or something like that? Yeah, it's around 90. I can't uh. remember. I, I wanted to say 95, but I might be wrong. But yeah, you need to hit a certain amount of time to be considered a movie, so they had to add a bunch of crap in uh, Whatever. I don't like it at all. No. I, I bought it and then sold it at the store immediately thereafter. Watched it once. I was like, ah, no. Uh, did you like rewrap <laughs> it in some cellophane to like sell it as unused? No. Oh. Just knocked like maybe five, ten bucks off. There you go. Gently used one-time DVD. Yeah. But so we didn't get to hear uh, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill in those roles. So what I'm going to play now, it's only like a 20-second clip, is uh, Kevin Conroy on a Zoom, which is why the audio is a little not as great, uh, doing the iconic Batman speech from Dark Knight Returns. So enjoy that. I want you to remember, Clark, in all the years to come, in all your private moments, I want you to remember my hand at your throat. I want you to remember the one man who beat you. I didn't have a good segue into that one. I just wanted to do it because I, I, I liked you, it. You, you generated a segue. <laughs> you told the story. Like it, it, it was fine. I think it was more than okay. But that's kind of some of the, the big stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll get into his life a little bit more when we get to uh, the comic he wrote for DC Pride. Again, just a couple of months ago. Which is crazy. I wonder, did he write... 
did he have the cancer diagnosis when he wrote this? Like, is there a reason that he wrote it at the time that he did? I don't have an answer to that. It's, I'm just posing that question. No, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, I feel like with DC Pride number one and being such an iconic character, like I didn't realize that he was a gay man. Uh, no, neither did I when this came out. I'm like, oh, Kevin Conroy is gay, and then I looked it up. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's been public knowledge for some time. Yeah. <laughs> I so I think maybe for him, it's not necessarily if he had a cancer diagnosis at the time he was writing it, but DC Pride number one, a book of like that kind of importance, and he's one of the flagship characters in the DC universe. The prime opportunity. I mean, it was an educational moment for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people probably to read that. Oh my gosh, he is he's gay. Yeah, so we'll do that one last because it's definitely the most personal. Uh, but first off, we're going to do Batman the Animated Series episode, Perchance to Dream. Why are we doing this episode? Because I looked up what are Kevin Conroy's favorite Batman episodes. This one came up. I didn't bother double checking it, but it seems likely because it's a pretty good episode. Yeah, it's a solid. <laughs> and he gets to do quite a bit in it. So I'm going to assume based on that one thing I read, this is one of his favorites. So... I guess because these are short, we can kind of hit the beats. Um, basically, Batman gets knocked out, wakes up. He doesn't know what's going on. He wants to get into the Batcave. Alfred's like, the Batcave, sir? What are you talking about? He's like, you know that big cave with bats in it? Yeah. He's like, preposterous. <laughs> no, no, you're you're mar- you're going to be married to Selena Kyle. He's like, what? He's like, you don't have to believe me. Just ask your parents over there. You mean they're alive? And uh, Thomas Wayne is also voiced by Kevin Conroy in this. And I think that falls down to part of why he likes this episode so much. Not only is he playing Bruce, but he gets to play his father. And then he gets to uh, do something he doesn't get to do a lot, which is play Bruce happy. Mm. So it's like there's a lot of like, ah, Alfred, I'm making lame jokes and I'm giving you a, you know, a little bump on the arm and a wink and we're just having a good time and I'm happy. And so, I mean, so much of Batman is like you will get a range of like, I'm Bruce Wayne and then I'm down here and I'm Batman. But this one, like, I really had a full range because Batman's in this, or Bruce is in this world, and he's happy. Like, he's married. There's another Batman running around. You can't figure out what's going on with that. No, you can't. Um, But he starts getting little hints that, like, this world isn't quite real. Like, he can't read. Like, everything is just gibberish. And that clues him into that this isn't the real world. This is a dream world. And then I'm like, is that real? Can you not read in your dreams? So I looked it up. You can't read in your dreams. No, you can't. Good job, Batman. Way to know what's going on. Way to teach me about dream logic. I guess I don't try and read in my dreams a lot. No, I don't I don't read very much anyway. <laughs> you you know what this episode kind of reminded me of? So obviously he can't read, so he like kind of figures out, okay, something's not right here. It it had overtones of like two things for me as we, we haven't really capped the episode off yet. But the two things that stood out to me as I watched it, I was reminded of um it's a wonderful Christmas. Like, what's life like if Bruce Wayne wasn't Batman? Like, just you mean like it's a wonderful life. What I say, it's a wonderful Christmas. Yeah, it's a wonderful life. That's what I mean. Which takes place at Christmas. Y- yes, it does. So there was a little bit of that. Like, oh well, this is what your life would be like if you weren't Batman. Do I know my favorite fun fact about that movie? What? Sorry, I, I just want to dive. In. So the reason that movie is considered a Christmas classic mm-hmm. is because when the movie came out, it bombed hard. Everyone hated it. Nothing happened. And then when it came time to renew the copyright, uh, whoever put it out, I can't remember, they just said, fuck it. Like, this movie isn't worth anything. Everyone hates it. So then it went into public domain. And then it got on the TV rotation because no one had to pay any money for it. Really? So now, and like, people love it now. And it's like this, like, Christmas classic. But that's only because it fell into public domain because it was so reviled at the time. Wow. Sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. No. But that's my favorite little It's a Wonderful Life factoid. So as I was watching it, I was like, this kind of feels like It's a Wonderful Life. Like he's getting everything that he always wanted. Yeah. I'm going to give my second 
once we finished the recap of the episode, I made my second, which I felt maybe was a little bit more of a um, a parallel in my mind. So Batman, he or Bruce, he goes to a top of a watchtower and he finds Batman there. He's like, I knew you'd be here. He's like, I knew you'd be here. And they duke it out and then uh, they fall off the edge of the tower. Batman wakes up. He's under the control of the Mad Hatter. Well, no, he, he reveals it's the Mad Hatter at the top of the tower. Yeah, he pull, yes, he pulls the mask off and... And he he jumps off the tower. He's like, yeah. I'll wake up. Watch this. Yeah, it's weird when he pulls off Batman's mask. And there's just like this tiny little head on top of like those broad mm-hmm. shoulders. He's like, look at my scrawny neck. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to, I watch Inception. I know if I feel like I'm falling, it'll wake me up. Yeah. That's basically what he does. Yeah. So you know, Mad Hatter's kind of like, I wanted to, you ruined my life. So I wanted to give you the life you never had. So you leave me alone. And, you know, they make a couple of dream puns. To me, this episode is a lot like Future Imperfect from Next Generation. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Do the episode where Riker passes out, wakes up. It's been 16 years. He's on the Enterprise. And like all these different, like, it's kind of a lot of the things that he wanted. He's captain of the Enterprise. He has a family, you know, and it just, but it isn't really what he wants. And he kind of figures out along the way, like, these things aren't all adding up. Oh, I remember the name of it. Okay. Sorry. Oh, you were thinking too? Yeah. So, like, that to me, like, similar episode similar story structure which you know future imperfect is one of my favorite next generation episodes i love it it's kind of um there's a superman story called uh, for the man who has everything that was an annual that alan moore wrote where um the villain mongol comes in and he uh puts th- this plant on superman's chest and it like infects him and it, like it yeah. basically does the exact same thing where it just gives like superman the life that he always wanted like krypton never blew up so he's there with like a wife and kids and all that stuff mm. so it's, it reminded me a lot of that uh alan moore story it's one of my favorite one of my favorite lines from future Empire, like, shut up he's like excuse me <laughs> said, shut yeah. your mouth and quit talking <laughs> i beg your pardon that is a fun scene yes all right, uh, next one up, we're going to move away from Batman the Animated Series and go off to Justice League Unlimited. So Justice League had uh, two series. There was the, One season was just regular old Justice League that was basically just seven characters, had a big old arc, had a bunch of one-offs. Doing then, Justice League things. Yes, and then Justice League Unlimited was those you know main seven characters were still around but it also basically every episode was like bringing in like characters you hadn't seen before or like real like obscure dc characters and it wasn't as structured as uh that first season mm. um which is funny i say that because this one uh heavily involves batman and wonder woman who are just two of the main seven characters from the first series yes but whatever that's besides the point it's more of a generality but we open this one up batman and diana are on a roof diana you said diana like diana troy it's diana <laughs> do what i want okay fine she, he's up there with wonder woman yes wonder woman and she's like hey do you want a date he's like maybe but i have issues <laughs> a lot of issues i'm a rich kid with issues <laughs> a lot of issues <laughs> he, he has good comedic chops too that Kevin yes. conroy oh yeah He's able to hit that just right. But they get distracted by crime. He's like, good, I don't need to talk about my feelings. Yeah, good. I can fight crime now. <laughs> and they go off and they find Cersei. And Wonder Woman's like, look out. She'll seduce you with her song. He's like, yeah, I read the Odyssey. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. Good good pull. Good pull. Uh, fight goes poorly and Cersei turns Wonder Woman into a pig. That's why this episode is called This Little Piggy. Yes. And I like that uh, this pig specifically still has uh, Wonder Woman's bracelets on. Yes. So she can still deflect her bangles. Bullet. She'll deflect a bullet if she gets shot at as a pig. and it, Which happens. Yeah. <laughs> she, she has a lot of pig-related troubles. She does have a lot of pig-related problems. Uh, Bruce goes and finds Zatanna. Oh, but this episode is written by Paul Dini. I can tell because it has Batman and Zatanna in it. Because he's really into Zatanna. And his wife's a magician. 
But Zatanna actually does dabble in magic. And she's like, ooh, is this your, your girlfriend, your pig girlfriend? He's like, shut up. It's not my girlfriend. <laughs> she's, but she is a pig. <laughs> uh, they call in um, the hunter guy. Kang, not Kang. No. Kong. Who's the hunter? The Wana Beast. That's the, the guy they bring in. He kind of hits on Zatanna a little bit. Yeah, they try and find Cersei to re- uh, reverse the spell. They can't. Wonder Woman gets away. Then they have to find the little pig. Yes. She gets kidnapped by uh, butchers mm. who try and shoot her. <laughs> she does deflect the shot. And, and uh, Surprisingly enough, they do reverse the spell at the end. But watching this, I'm like, they don't, whoever's animating this, I don't think they know how pig slaughter works because well, they hogtie her. Yeah, they seriously literally hogtie the but, pig. But then they were just going to like put it through some kind of industrial like shredder. I'm like, that's not how that's, butchering no, happens. No. They hang it upside down and then they gut it. Well, they, they, they did have those images of upside down pigs gutted. <laughs> Those were there. Yeah, she just goes through it. I'm like, they gotta, that's not how butchering works. Well, they got to like cut the head off first and drain the blood. and No, that's what the gutting's for. Yeah, but they have to kill it first. And usually they just decapitate the animal. Oh, so Batman eventually does catch up with Cersei. And he's like, uh, what can I do to get you to change this? And she's like, you have to give up something. Something so terrible, you'll never be able to take it back. Something so tender, I think. And, so he sings. Yeah, uh, apparently going to a karaoke bar. Well, no, it's not a karaoke bar because she had always wanted, she was always upset that her cousins, the Sirens, got all the fame for singing. So she had hypnotized people at this amphitheater and did some singing. I didn't like her song. It wasn't as fun. No. But, I mean, the reason this episode always stands out to people is uh, this is the episode where Kevin Conroy gets to sing. Yes, he does sing. And it might sound something like this. Am I blue? Am I blue? Ain't these tears in my eyes telling you? Am I blue? You'd be too if each plan that you had done fell through. There was a time I was your only one But now I'm the sad and lonely one Beautiful And you'll keep your part of the bargain? A deal's a deal He can stop now Not on your life I should say it did. It sounded like that. It sounded exactly like that. You, you skipped over some fun stuff with Medusa in the middle, though. Oh, yeah. They, they do have to go talk to Medusa, cover their eyes up. <laughs> like how yeah. Batman has to uh, like pay those like two cents on, on to the, the river boat. Hades. Yeah, to the boatman on the river sticks. I like how he just... Um, has him. Yeah, and he can like do it without looking because mm. he's blindfolded. Yes. I like that. But uh, no, and you get blind justice whose scales balance out a little bit. It's like, you get 300 years off of your your sentence, Medusa. And she's like, thanks for nothing. Yeah, because I forget how long it was. It was like 4,000 years or yeah, something. Yeah, still. But yeah, and I've heard Kevin Conroy talk about this. So, like, it was like kind of difficult to sing like, as, like, as Batman in that register and still like make it sound like the character. But it's pretty impressive. No, it's very impressive. Quite fun. And it's a good song, too. I like that song. No, good fun. Saves the day. And they're back on the orbiting thing that the Justice League chills on. And uh, Wonder Woman starts whistling along the song, and he gives that little back grin. (laughs) She's like, did I miss anything? He's like, no, didn't miss anything. Yeah, then she just hums along. Mm -hmm. It's like, "Mm -hmm." I don't know. So it's just a little fun one. 
And so going from fun to incredibly dark. Super dark. This is a show for children. Is it, though? <laughs> is it? I don't think it is. Didn't feel that way to me. Uh, we go to uh, the season two uh, finale called Epilogue. And uh, as previously mentioned, Kevin Conroy continued his role as Bruce Wayne in the show Batman Beyond, which is uh, supposed to take like 50 years in the future. He's old. He can't be Batman anymore. So he uh, picks up uh, a new Batman, Terry McGinnis. And I, this episode has um, the Kevin Conroy stuff is really good, but I do. I'm going to hit on some stuff that I don't particularly like about it, even though the episode itself is overall good. Uh, one, it tries to be very self-important, like everything. A lot of the episode is in black and white and they present it like as it's widescreen mm-hmm. even though it wasn't formatted in a widescreen so we're actually watching it like on a modern tv it's just like oh look 25 percent of my tv is on awesome what i just got this tv too <laughs> it's very pretentious in its presentation something i do like though is this is supposed to be about 10 years after batman beyond so we get redesigns of the characters like terry mcginnis looks older like he's more filled out uh, bruce wayne is even older than he was before so this is for all of like the DC animated, whatever they like the Timiverse or whatever the fuck, um, got weirdly aggressive there. You did like this is like the last story in that world, and it's the like the oldest that um Kevin Conroy ever got to play Bruce Wayne. So I like the redesign stuff. What I I'll just jump to the end before we get into this the stuff that we're kind of here to talk about is it's revealed that um Terry's genes were rewritten to be a clone of Bruce, so he's essentially Bruce's son. Which I'm like, that is a weird ass retcon. That was a very weird retcon. Like the whole thing with him was like just kind of like this kid off the street and like this chance meeting that the two of them had and all this stuff. And then it's just, I, I don't like that retcon at all. No, Amanda Waller just saying, I I manufactured you <laughs> I, I specifically. I rewrote your genes. Yeah. And my plan was to kill your parents. And I do like that. Um, Yeah. She's like, you needed to like set up the same situation that Bruce had. I do like that they brought the phantasm back for this. That yes, was cool. That was very neat. I, when I was rewatching, I totally forgot about that. I'm like, oh, that's right, that's cool. Uh, I, I, yeah, I didn't like the I'm I'm your son now, and you know, whatever. Didn't like that part. No, but the part that we're really here to talk about is there's a story in the middle of it that Amanda Waller tells Terry McGinnis because he goes to her. He's like, I'm mad. I'm gonna break your teacups. Yeah, Urgh, tea. She's like, it's okay. I've only had that for seventy years. Yeah, it's green tea too. It's full of antioxidants. It is. It's good for you. Again, it's a show for kids. You don't even know what antioxidants are. Do you need to pee faster, kids? Have some antioxidants. Mm, true. Very true. Take green tea. It's kind of gross tasting, but it's good for you. I don't mind green. I don't like it. If I'm drinking green tea, I'm trying to like be health conscious. And, yeah. Uh, because I'm like, this is what my preference is. And how long does that usually last? How long do I drink green tea? Yeah. That's part of your health consciousness. Uh, I almost never drink it. There we go. Because <laughs> you have other ways of being it healthier. gross. But Amanda Waller tells a story uh, kind of highlighting who Bruce is because Terry's all mad. He's like, I, I hate him and I'm never going to be Batman again. Blah. Please tell me what every single pill you take is for your health. I take a multivitamin. <laughs> that's a long scene. She's like, I take this for this and this for this. I can't remember what that is. Oh, that's for Alzheimer's. I was like, well, that's Again, it's a show for kids. Yeah. But uh, she tells a story of the Royal Flush Gang, which is... Uh, I do like, she's like, this is second incarnation, maybe third. I don't know who can keep up with this. I don't know. I didn't realize there was a thing. Yeah. They've shown up before in Justice League, but it shows a few of the members battling a new Royal Flush gang and Ace, like the the original member of it. She has reality warping powers and basically her powers are killing her. And if she isn't taken out, she's going to die and explode. And like, basically she's a nuke. Yeah. Similar to um, Professor X. When he was having his mental issues. Yeah, yeah, and Logan. Yes. 
so hot girl steps up she's gonna do it and batman's like no like i know her i can get close to her i'll do it yeah i got this um and then he goes in and we get oh this heartbreaking exchange batman ace did you like playing with my new royal flush gang can't say that i did yeah they aren't any fun at all i gave them their powers and they still hardly ever play with me can't imagine why when i was little cadmus used to make me play all kinds of games but they weren't any fun either they'd strap me into their machines and poke wires into my brain ace can you move this object with your mind yeah i can move it they weren't really games you know they were training me, turning me into a weapon for justice, they said. They got their weapon. I got cheated out of my childhood. I know what that's like. You do, don't you? You don't have to answer. I read your mind. That's how I knew you weren't going to use Mrs. Waller's weapon on me. No, I wasn't. You were going to try and talk me into fixing what I've changed before I die. Yes. I'm dying very soon. Yes. I'm sorry. Could you stay with me? I'm scared. Jesus Christ. Right in the feels. <laughs> what's kind of wild about this is you think so much about this as like a Batman scene. He says very little, but what he does with basically nothing Oh, yeah. It's almost entirely monosyllabic. Like, there's a couple of lines in there, but he does a lot with a little. Oh, yeah. And it's so impressive. And I, uh, what I was telling. Especially considering it's animated medium. I told my wife what we were doing. Like, she hadn't seen this episode. And I just showed her that, like, clip. Uh, For the sake of this, I think it's about a minute long. Like, the whole thing that I was describing. It's about four minutes. And I showed that to her. And she's like, getting, like, all glassy. And she's like, what is going on? Like, yeah, you know, children's programming. I love it. It's dark as hell, man. I don't really understand why she didn't blow up. That wasn't really explained. Uh, maybe she just like gently passes. The power of friendship, I guess. The power of friendship. But Christ, that's that's such a dark scene. It is a dark, dark scene. It is just like Batman being with you when you pass and just like making your death okay. Yeah. And it's just, it's, fuck man, that is a powerful ass scene. Yeah. It comes out of nowhere. Like you're not expecting that. No, I'm like watching it and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And just power to like Kevin Conroy as an actor, like being able to do so little, so much with like so little. Oh yeah, like really speaks to um, him. His his ability to emote through animation, through voice tone and tenor and pacing and timing is tremendous. So I think that does it for those. So I mean, we're just kind of highlighting three episodes that I chose very specifically based on performance. And I mean, there's Christ, there's so much more out there. I mean, he he did this like thirty years. He did this a lot. Yeah. So there's a lot of different examples out there, but I just, I don't know. These are th- uh, three that I really like, and I think kind of highlight his performance in a big way. So if you want, I mean, check, they're all on HBO Max or, you know, DVD and Blu-ray. Mm, yes. Or probably illegally on the internet. Probably, most likely. Highly possible. Well, you have my HBO login, so it wasn't illegal for you. No, it wasn't not illegal. And then uh, there was DC Pride, which uh, if you sign up for DC Unlimited, you can read it for free. Or I, I bought this when it came out. Yes, but you also with DC Unlimited, you don't have to um, you don't have to subscribe to a plan. 
Yeah, it's just a log and they can yeah. get it for free. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's something else cool that came out there today. I saw uh, there was a graphic novel that came out a few years ago that I have upstairs. Uh, it's like, um, obviously there were single issues too, but it's like um, like Neil Gaiman's DC Universe or something. Oh. So yeah, there's just a bunch of, like that shit's out there for free too. And that's an awesome graphic novel. I like it. So, you know, just a little bonus in there. So uh, DC Pride came out. This is a one shot. Do I have a month on this? It's not very old. Do you need your readers? Your reading glasses trying to find the copyright whatever it came out recently <laughs> august it came out in august so this is yes very recent yeah less than three months or right on about three months i can't believe it's mid november he, he must have had the diagnosis at this point i would think so i don't know i have no idea it's, it's just an assumption yeah uh, the story is called finding batman and it's an autobiographical tale and here's a dc pride there's a bunch of stories a bunch a bunch of different characters kind of ranging in the um, lgbtqi plus yeah, not bad good ar- job arena uh and it, it caps off with this one and to, uh, i don't buy a lot of individual issues anymore like there has to be a reason for me to buy it. i'm at this point i'm a trade waiter mm-hmm. but this one i like i wanted to read it specifically for this story and then i read it i was like oh christ that was dark <laughs> if that, yeah if that yeah. justice league it, Oh, I think I don't know if I mentioned the name of that episode. Oh, I did. It was epilogue. Yes, you did. You said it was the season two finale. <sighs> yeah, I know. I'm backtracking myself now. Out of boy. But the uh, the story is called Finding Batman. Uh, for the most part, this is a almost extensively. Uh, there's tones in there, but we're just going to call it a black and white book to make life a little easier. Yes. Uh, starts out with Kevin Conroy kind of giving his own history of his family, and I've heard him talk about uh, his family before. Uh, I I think it's going to get re-released. I know it's behind a paywall right now, but there was. A recommended listen with some of where I was getting this information. There was um, an interview that Kevin Smith did with him uh, probably like 10 years ago on his uh, podcast, Fat Man on Batman. It's a, it was a really good interview. Mm-hmm. And it gave a lot of information about Conroy's life, like talking about like his um, his upbringing. But then it gets like way deeper into it here. What is going on with your face? I just, my contact was moving. Okay. <laughs> You're just doing weird things. Over yeah. There. Oh, no. My contact moved. and I had to like resettle it. I thought you were having a stroke. I mean, that's also not out of the realm of possibility, so. But I mean, he's very upfront about it. That uh, He grew up as a gay child in the 50s and 60s, kind mm-hmm. of like hoping he would grow out of it, hoping it would go away. Obviously, like, not a thing. No. <laughs> I don't know. Not growing up in the 50s and 60s, I'm not quite sure what the mentality was of like, yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll grow out of it. I, I mean. I have no idea. No, me either. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to pretend to. But he does talk about like going to Juilliard and all that stuff. But he talks about his difficult upbringing with his parents. His parents getting divorced and like one really messed up story about how his dad tried to commit suicide. Yeah, he finds him in the woods, like in his car, yeah, with an empty bottle of booze and a knife wound, and he's just like bleeding out. out. Yeah. yeah. And his mother sent him to the hospital instead. Yeah, because she couldn't deal with it. And also, uh, he had a schizophrenic brother who uh, was kind of in and out of uh, psychiatric hospitals mm-hmm. and problems like trying to like take care of both of his brother and his father. So amazingly enough, that's why he like wanted to like get out of that house at eighteen and go to Juilliard. Shocking. Um, and he talks about like working in the industry and like he has gay agents and gay friends, but basic basically people like outside of the gay community like just like not giving him opportunities and uh, i'm I'm not going to repeat it but uh there's a specific gay slur in here that keeps on coming up that a bundle of sticks yeah if you're gonna smoke a cigarette in england mm, that too yes 
Um, but just he brings it up repeatedly, like these specific instances of that getting used, like what a gut punch it is and how much it just made him like, oh, yeah, retreat into himself and like not be involved with others. And uh, he tells this one story about um, he was working on a movie and the director or was it a producer? Producer, I think, was like, hey, there's a TV show coming up. I think you'd be perfect for it. Yeah, um, since I'm open to the page. I think it was the director. Okay. Why am I so obsessed with finding out? Okay, producer. There we go. I said production office. God damn it. Whatever. Someone high up. Yeah, somebody involved with the creation. <laughs> and yes. too much. But basically, the guy's like, oh, hey, I liked working with you. I think it'd be perfect for this role. Uh, like, Conroy calls him, calls him again, because he's, he's just like, oh, stay out here. And, you know, so he's like, he's not going home to, like, his family who, um, as like, there's issues there who were kind of, like, in need of his help. But he's just hanging out because yeah. he's told this is going to happen. So eventually he gets through this guy and he's, like, throws out that slur. He's like, oh, you didn't tell me this. Like, I went into this production office and they kind of, like, raked me over the coals for it. Like, thanks for giving me the heads up. By the way, there's no way in hell this uh, studio is ever going to hire you. Bye. Good luck. Yeah, they laughed you. They laughed me out of the building. Yeah, it's like he's blaming Kevin for this while like talking down to him and insulting him and it's heartbreaking. And he goes on to like talk about how like even like his own brother is like throwing like that slur at him. Yeah. And he eventually gets the call and like friends of his are dying like cuz I mean at the t- this time it would be like, you know, late 80s and this is uh the aids epidemic and yes. like people don't know what it is and his friends are dying he's talking about like how regular he's going to like funerals and hospitals and all this stuff and he gets the call about batman and he goes in and they're like oh hey so there's this character who has all the it's like pain with his parents and he has to hide a part of himself and to mask it it's like do you think you could do that he's like oh yes and he like explains how he draws on you know batman lost his parents and his bad you know upbringing with his parents kind of feeling like an only child having to mask up to be out there in the real world but full of like anger and hate inside yeah and it just kind of ends with him talking about like yeah i can relate like this is a terrain that i know well yes and that he could just feel like batman rising up inside of him and he's did that for 30 years and uh this is it's not a terribly long story maybe it's like i don't know eight pages yeah nine nine pages but it covers a lot of ground in those nine pages and they are a very revealing and very painful and very personal nine pages. Mm, I mean, there's no, there's nothing held back in this that we know. Of. I mean, it certainly doesn't seem that way. No, but I think, and again, I think I can see why he would want this, the importance to him to have this in DC Pride and have it, you know, be kind of the 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 penultimate story in this book. It was the, oh, the ultimate story. Yes. I mean, I thought Ultimate was, like, probably a little too over the top. But, like, to have it be, like, the final story in this book. Well, I mean, it's the reason I bought it. Yeah. I'm sure it's the reason a lot of people bought it. Yeah, it's... I mean, for... And I don't know if he ever, like, wrote anything else. But, I mean, he's a hell of a writer in this. And just the way that he dives into his own life. And it does speak to why he could play the character so well. And I don't know. I think it's it's an important story to tell to hopefully be eye-opening to people about like pain that their uh words can cause and um, we really don't, we really don't know the things that are behind everyone else. like everyone wears a mask and no. there's a, what's behind that and i mean for so much of his life and like he was an he could put like i've seen him in person a couple of times and just like how much like joy he put out into the world and how much like his persona was like lifting other people up and seeing stuff like this of just like people like just beating him down and just awful shit Mm. i don't um it's a very powerful story extremely powerful story and 
I, again, I didn't have any clue or any idea. And I think, again, it also goes to, like, who has an idea or a clue of what everyone's struggles are? Oh, isn't that right, Kirby? Oh, yeah. hi, Kirby. Yeah, he's bad for audio. Hi, Kirby. Get off the microphone. Kirby, come on. I don't, it's um, it's a rough story to read, but I'm glad it's out in the world. Um, it's, it's also, I have no idea, like, what he knew at the time of, like, putting this out or writing it or whose idea this was, but... I think also just the bravery to share that story. Yeah. Regardless. Um, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry that it came out like so close to his death. Like even like, I'm at, like I just saw him a couple months ago. Like I said, at the end of July, this came out a couple weeks after. So even like the last time I saw him, like people couldn't even like, you know, bring this up to him to like get it signed or say like, Oh my God, like what an amazing story. Like, thank you for sharing this. Like that, that didn't really get to happen just with how tight this timetable is. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's crazy and sad and terrible, but I am, I don't know. I'm glad he got to put this out in the world Yes, for as sad of a story as it is. I don't feel the need to kind of go over our usual end of show stuff. You've heard it. Yeah. yeah. S- sign up for the Patreon if you can. Sorry, it's a day late. Um, hey, happy Thanksgiving, uh, you people in America. Sorry, this is coming out on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> the day you'll all be listening to this. Listen to it on your commute. There you go. Do you know that? The... <laughs> I say this at the end of the show. Yeah. Listen to it on your commute. Advice. Yeah. One of the, one of the largest travel weekends of the year. So there you go. Glad to, glad to spend some time with it. Um, so you, the listener. We'll, we'll skip all that normal stuff because uh, what I want to go out on is this was also a fairly recent thing. Um, Kevin Connery was on Cameo and there uh, people were sharing like some different ones uh, all around. But uh, this was one that kind of came up on my radar, which was um, him talking to someone who had just lost one of their grandparents. And he talks about losing his own parents and he kind of, and he talks about death and what he thinks of it. So I thought that would be kind of a fitting way to close this out. So for a kind of tribute to Kevin Conroy, like, please enjoy this cameo of I don't know, Kevin Conroy on death. See you next week for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Bye. Hey, Maddie. This is Batman calling you from Wayne Manor. Now, Sissy told me that you're a big fan of Batman, and I really appreciate that. She also told me that your grandmother's passing. I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, I... I sat with both of my parents uh, on separate occasions uh, as they passed. And the thing to remember is their spirit lives on. The body is just a a vessel. Uh, And you really see that when someone passes. So your grandmother will always be with you. Her spirit will always be in you. Uh, the people we love are always with us. So this is a shout-out for you, Maddie. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. And remember, Maddie, it's not who you are underneath. It's what you do that defines you. Good luck.